Good morning and happy uh, Monday to you all. My name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School, and this is the Automation Morning Show for Monday, September 18th, 2023. Hope you're all having a great Monday morning and uh, your week is off to a great start. Um, if you haven't watched before, this is a show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. And let's go ahead and get started by talking about, let me click here on the right screen, and we can talk about um, how you can follow us. So when you like or follow or subscribe or share the show, it really helps us grow our audience. So I put together a new page here at theautomationblog.com forward slash follow. And you can see every place we are, like the live streams on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And then it goes to all the other uh, social media, every social media I could find, including, uh, you know, Rumble, Getta, Truth, Gab, Clout Hub, Minds, USA, and Frank. So please, if you're on any of those platforms, consider sharing our show with your friends and colleagues. With that, I also want to thank uh, theautomationschool.com for making this show possible today. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. You can still go to theautomationblog.com too. But in any case, uh, from there we go over to a new product from Wago. And uh, this is a, a green version of their very popular 221 splicer. And uh, what's different about this one, it's not just the color, is that it uses a large portion of the product is made with recycled plastic. So they're recycling plastic and uh, making the green version of the 221 splicer. And it's not just that they're using recycled plastic, they're also packaging it in uh, some higher content recyclable uh, packaging here. So um, what they're doing is they're packing it in something called grass paper, which I had not heard of before, but apparently this packaging is made up of 30% grass fiber in up to 70% recycled paper. And you can see the look here, kind of has that highly recycled paper look. Um, but in any case, a very interesting new product. And I uh, wanted to share it with you guys. Congratulations, Wago, on your new green version of your 221 splicer. And if you guys need any grass, I have plenty. <laughs> um, I have three acres of grass I mow every week. So if you need any extra grass, come see me. From there, we go over to an article from SME, the Society for Manufacturing Engineers. And this talks about digitization in a way of, um, you know, digitizing, digitizing the uh, shop floor, right? And uh, this, they write a lot about in this article they're on this website, they talk a lot about machine shops. But this is also pertains to production facilities and really utilities as well. And I think if you've been in the business for a while, you remember that 30 years ago, there was still a lot of paper in the process, a lot of clipboards, a lot of people writing down stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, this talks about, you know, if you're still doing that, right, you're, you're really, you're not taking advantages of some of the cost savings you can get, extreme cost savings and productivity increases by going digital, right? And I think most of us have experienced that in our lives, but there's still facilities out there who are doing things heavily with paper. And, um, you know, this was a good article. It kind of took me down memory lane a little bit, but this is again, digit digitized shops, less stress, better organization over at the SME website. From there, we go over to an article from Schneider Electric, and this one's on two manufacturing sectors to start on their digitization journey. Okay, so another similar article. This talks about, um, you know, a couple of different areas where plant managers 
can digitize. You know, it's we're, we're beyond the point where to save energy, we just tell people to shut things off when they're not in the room, right? So that's what we do as parents and grandparents. Shut the light off when you leave the room. Well, I mean, we got to have a, a, you know, we're talking energy is such a huge part of every facility's budget, right? And it's a huge expense. And uh, with prices going up and up, we got to be smarter than that. We just can't say turn everything off when nobody's around. Right. We got to think more about doing these and, you know, using the automation we used around our factories to save electricity. Now, when I was out in the field for 25 years, I mean, I would go into plants all the time and everything was running when nobody was there. Right. So um, in these days, we can really affect the bottom line by being more energy efficient, not using power when we don't need it. And this article kind of goes through that and talks about that. And it also talks about some of the uh, Schneider uh, products you can do to help you with that. Um, but in this case, um, you know, it's not just cost savings, you know, you got to think about the wear and tear on the equipment. If it's running all the time and it doesn't need to be, you know, that's just, we're just wasting its lifespan on not being productive. Right. And so they have a chat in here with a lot of uh, things like that, that they talk about. And I thought it was a, a, a good article. We also have from Schneider a, uh, a case study or application note talking about, um, a water company. So this is fresh water. And they're located in northern Italy. And uh, one of the problems you have in, in water, per the article, is that uh, you will lose, um, you can lose a lot of the water from uh, where you pump it out of the ground to when it gets actually is, uh, you know, turns into drinking water, right? Or water, you know, potable water. And uh, in this case, they go through and they talk about this one uh, system. So, so they sh uh, this company served or this uh, municipality served actually a total of 115 municipalities in northern Italy. And um, through going through this process of trying to reduce waste, reduce loss, they were able to uh, actually reduce their water losses to 24%. So in average in that country in Italy, it's 42%, right? They were to be able to cut it all the way down to 24%. And in doing so, they reduced their energy consumption by 5%, because they weren't, they weren't losing as much water, so they had more uh, raw product, product or potable water at the end of the system, right? They also were able to reduce downtime and increase earnings. So this is a big point. So they cut their water losses by 24% to 24%, and they increased their earnings by 22%, right? And so that means less likely to get a water bill increase, right, if, you're, if the water company's not, you know, is, is a lot more profitable, right? And I, I didn't see if this was a state-owned or a private company, but in any case, if it was a state-owned, then you're going to be saving on your taxes, right? So in any case, I mean, how many of us have had our taxes go up, our town taxes go up because there was some issue with one of the town services, right? So in any case, and then at the end of the article, they kind of go through the exact products from Schneider, the EcoStructure product line that helped in this particular uh, application. But I thought it was pretty interesting to, to hear about, even though it's over in Italy, um, a very interesting application to learn about. Now from there, we go over to another interesting application story um, over at Rockwell Automation. And this is about new oil or Nuve oil converting an oil field gas flares into revenue. So this is down in Mexico and like a lot of, um, you know, oil fields, uh, you know, there's going to be some natural gas that comes with the oil. There's going to be sand and other byproducts, too, that come with the oil. And uh, in a lot of cases, especially back in the day, they would just burn off the natural gas. Well, that is, so many people use natural gas. That can be a revenue stream, right? And so what they decided to do is within a nine-month period, they wanted to build a, uh, a processing plant to capture the gas 
and to take out all the impurities and then sell it, right? So it's about worth about $200,000 a day in revenue. So it seemed like it would be worth it to build this plant to do that, right? And of course, you're not wasting it. Like it just feels wrong to waste. And in wasting all that natural gas, you're also polluting it because you're just burning it off, right? So in any case, um, very interesting article as they go through and talk about the system and the challenges they ran into. And I learned a little bit about processing uh, uh, natural gas and uh, very interesting article. So I wanted to share it with you today. If you're interested in what products they used on it, um, what they did is they say here at the bottom, they utilize control logics, uh, factory talk view HMIs, so panel view pluses, I'm sure, and then um, factory talk historian for their historical data. And uh, for those who really want to get in the bits and bytes, they had 3,000 instruments and 150 PID loops. So pretty good sized system. So in any case, um, yeah, they, they ended up processing about 320 cubic feet, 320,000 cubic feet of gas daily, representing about 200K a day. So um, pretty big system, right? And to do it all in nine months, that's impressive. So I wanted to share that with you. From there, we go over to our featured product of today, S7 PLC Level 1 Online Training Course at theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs to learn S7, 1200s, 1500s, I recommend this course. I actually teach it. And uh, you get lifetime access. It never expires. This is a buy once, own forever course. And um, you also get instructor support too. So with that, let's go on to uh, an event that Metla Toledo is having. Today is the day of digitization. We have more stories about digitization today than, uh, than anything else. And uh, this looked really interesting. You know, Metla Toledo is known for the scales and weighing. We, we've had him on recently on the show. And we have him coming up on another show in the near future on the Automation Podcast. But this particular um, webinar is, uh, talks about, uh, they call it live food manufacturing webinar. But if you listen to what they're talking about, they're going to talk about, uh, they're going to talk with industry ex experts um, to uncover the transformative potential of digitization within the food and beverage industry. And if we look at the agenda, it looks pretty good. They're going to explore current industry drivers, identify areas for improvement, overcoming digital transformation barriers, which I think in every company you run into that, right? Then they're going to have an expert panel discussion and they have um, some folks from Metla Toledo on there. They also have some, uh, some other folks on there. So um, some industry experts and so on. So in any case, if that's of interest to you, this is on, let me see if I can find the date here, October 5th. Okay. So it's uh, eight and two. So the 8 a.m. is too early for us. Um, so 2 p.m. BST, that's British Standard Time. So that would be, I think, nine o'clock a.m. our time, Eastern time, if you're on the East Coast, right? So in any case, um, that's good. And of course, you'll find this link and all the links over at automate.news. Um, from there, we found one update. This is an update from Siemens for TIA Portal, and this is a support package for the hardware catalog, right? So that tells you what hardware you can use and what hardware is available. And uh, this is for all the different versions. They have version 18 through 11 in this one uh, link. So whatever version you're using, you may want to consider installing the hardware catalog. I have not downloaded and installed it yet. I probably should. Um, from there, we go over to one new manual today. Well, actually, a couple manuals. The first one's from Siemens, and it's on their Maxim MicroSAM. It's a reference manual, 600-plus pages long. And then we also have an installation manual, installation manual for 
the Micro Motion Retractable Fork Meter from Emerson. And with that, in our other science and technology section of the show today, it's about eye tracking. And it's about a company who's uh, trying to use quantum dots on glass to track your eyes. Now, you may be wondering, why do you need to track your eyes? Well, this is used a lot in VR and AR, okay? In virtual reality, it's used for foveated rendering. So with VR, they have to render a left scene and a right scene, one for the left eye and right eye. So you're using twice as much computational power as you would in a regular flat monitor because you're doing everything twice. One's from the left angle view and one's from the right angle view, right? And so um, they, they want to track your eyes where you're looking because they want to render where you're looking at a deep, more detailed resolution than your peripheral. If you didn't know, the peripheral of your eyesight is more blurry, less resolution than where you're focused on, right? In the middle of your eyesight. So uh, they use that to really reduce the, um, the amount of horsepower the computer needs to render or the electronic device needs to render the view. And it also allows them to render the center of the image or wherever you're looking in much higher detail than they would normally do because they're not rendering the outer side as much. And so I don't know, VR doesn't really affect us so much in our industry as much as AR. So think of an AR application where you have, let's say you have a tablet and you, you're holding it up so the camera's looking at your facility or looking at your machine. And uh, let's say you look at the motor or a pump or whatever it is. So if the, if the unit knew that you were looking at that, it could do a pop-up, like maybe it was showing the speed or flow rate. But if it sees that you're focusing on it for a second or two, maybe it could automatically pull up a pop-up with other things like temperature and runtime and all that kind of good stuff. Right. And then if you looked over to another part of the machine, it could show you other variables. Right. So you can definitely see an AR for manufacturing and for industrial automation. That could be huge. And the design of this, what they're trying to do is make the glass of your tablet or of your laptop or of your glasses. They want that to be the the uh, eye tracking device. Right. So you can see right through these quantum dots and they can track where your eyes are looking. And that eliminates some pretty bulky sensors that are used today, typically on the on top of the either the VR glasses or AR glasses. So in any case, I thought it was very interesting. As you could tell, I just talked about it for a few minutes, but uh, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of this come into our industry in the near future. From there, we go over to a reminder that if you think I missed any news this Monday morning, please use the news tip link on the website to send it over to us. And if you want to send us in your opinions on anything or just say hi, you can use our new talkback uh, form just to provide feedback. Now, if, if there's any sites you're following that has news on it and you don't think I'm following it, please send it in uh, over this. There are some vendors which it's very difficult to find out what's, what's new with their companies. As a matter of fact, sometimes I'll find out from going to the ISA website because I can't find any place on their site where they're announcing new products. So uh, feel free to share that with me. Um, and from there, I want to thank theautomationschool.com for sponsoring this show. If you know anybody who needs online training, please refer them over to theautomationschool.com. And uh, we also have our own uh, community, automation.locals.com. As well as I want to thank everybody who picked up a copy of my eBooks last week. We also have video collections. That's over at theautomationblog.com forward slash TAB. And uh, we also have coffee cups and t-shirts as well. And with that, I want to, just a reminder here, and I got something new to talk about here too, but just a reminder that um, every link that we've done for all 107 plus shows this year are up at automate.news. No www, no .com. Now, 
I did finally get the filter in, right? It actually turned out to be a much simpler solution than what I was looking for. And so I have the filter over here now, and you can now filter by not only like, like news type, like is it a product news or a press release or a publication, but you can also now choose your favorite render. So I'm gonna come down here and I'm gonna choose, i show you I got Rockwell Automation, 71 links, Schneider 43 links, and uh, Siemens 102 links. So I can choose on any of these, I'll just choose Rockwell. And uh, what it'll do is open up the category page for Rockwell and I'll show you every single link that we've covered. We got Stratix 5200, Kinetics 5500, we got uh, Repair Plus, we got you know the uh, edge computers, we got optics panels. So this shows you everything I covered. Now it only goes back to July because if you remember the first four months of the show, um, we did um, January through April, um, I didn't have them as individual links. So I hope whether, probably if we get a new sponsor, somebody that sponsored a show, we can hire somebody to go back and turn those into individual links. I just don't see myself having the time to do that um, currently with my current schedule. But in any case, that's a great way to do it. And then let's say you want to come in here and say, okay, that's everything for Rockwell. Now I want to look at, let's say, let me choose somebody down here at the, uh, near the top, Banner. So if you want to see everything that we've covered about Banner, you can see it right here. So I'm happy that I finally was able to get this done. And in doing this, I also upgraded the search. The search was not by default. The search was not looking at categories. And so, you know, these are just links. And most of the, uh, you know, if you want to search on, you know, like a company like uh, ProSoft, it needs to search category. So I was able to change that as well. So now it takes into the category in when you're doing a search. So if you search on digitization, you'll, you'll see if it's in the title of the article, you'll see that. But if you search on a, a vendor now, you'll find that as well. But in any case, I was excited about that, so I wanted to share that with you. And with that, that brings us to the end of our show. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you're having a great Monday morning. And if you're watching this after the fact Monday evening, I hope you had a great day and you have a great evening as well. And with that, I just want to wish you all a very courageous, fearless, and extremely productive day today. I hope you all have an awesome day. And until next time, my friends, peace.